Workforce Transformation, a future of work where individuals are owners of their own career. Companies buying work outcomes, not employees, on the open market. Welcome to State of Independence, the podcast about how independent work has completely transformed the U.S. economy and how you can take advantage of it. I'm your host, Asya Haq, Vice President of Talent Marketing at MBO Partners. Welcome to the first episode of our Voices of Independence series. Today, we will talk with Peter Walzer, Management Consultant, Project Turnaround Specialist, and Founder of Blue Globe Group, Inc. We will talk about his ideas about adapting to change, embracing uncertainty, and the need for what he calls resurrection leadership. We will also discuss the article he has written on this topic for the inaugural issue of MBO's new Advantage Consulting Quarterly Magazine something that he was a key part of forming. Well, Peter, in the time that you've been a part of MBO Advantage, you've certainly shown yourself to be um, an innovator and sort of a nascent, I'd call, community leader. But before we go into the magazine and your sort of topic of interest, I thought I would start by just asking you a little bit about yourself. You know, I know that you have been a career consultant. I know you're based in Laguna Beach, California, a beautiful part of the country. But I'd love to hear your story, um, your career, and how you came to be a successful independent consulting practice owner. You know, I got started, you know, last century, you know, really early on in my career in the 80s as a, a consultant. I started out actually in the big eight, if you can believe that, when there were eight large consulting firms or eight accounting firms that had uh, consulting arms. And, you know, it was just something I loved to do always. And so I, you know, spent some time with Deloitte Consulting at the end of last century. I had different positions in industry, but I always really felt that consulting was what I loved. And I really loved being able to kind of take situations, help my clients often turn programs and projects around. That was a lot of what I did early on. And I started my own firm in 2000 and I just haven't looked back. I've just really enjoyed the variety of opportunities, uh, clients, and also work. So in the world of independent consulting, you're somebody who genuinely has incredible experience, you know, more than two decades of being a self-employed owner, and you've grown your practice over that time. What do you think has helped you to be as successful as you are in the space? And just because I know many that listen to the state of independence are looking for inspiration, what is your sort of advice or inspiration to others that are on the path? You got to be yourself. I mean, I think in the end, you know, we've had a lot of technological developments the last few decades, right? Um, and, and IT has you know become such a important part of our lives. In consulting, there's often this tendency to kind of have these, you know, toolboxes of methods and, you know, methodologies, and you have to do things this way. You know, we're seeing the upsurge the last couple of decades of Agile, for example, that started out really in software development. And a lot of folks are trying to see how can they apply that to business, et cetera. In the end, it always becomes about humans (laughs) and how we work together. So to me, that's just what's been a driver and you know one of my favorite people that talks about this a lot is uh, Peter Block he's written uh, you know flawless consulting is probably his most well-known uh, publication but so that's really what my focus has been is to try and stay true to myself and try and stay true to at the end of the day 
what I feel good about delivering to my clients. And if I do that well, then I think I'll always do well. That's a great perspective. And I think that honesty and um, authenticity is actually something that many hiring managers and buyers are seeking because so much of what is out there is sort of confusing and honestly undifferentiated, right? Because people are hopping on a bandwagon, as you said. And I've certainly seen, even as somebody who hires independent professionals in my work, that when someone's able to sort of stand for something and and honestly, just they know how to connect, it's worth its weight in gold. Well, one thing that we didn't touch on is actually your area of expertise. So within the wider world of consulting, many of us specialize. And is that something that you've done? And which area have you focused your consulting energies in since you went out on your own in 2000? You know, I still am what um, a lot of folks would say a hummingbird versus a a hammer. You know, I, I have a lot of different things that I do, a lot of different specialty areas. Um, I was I was thinking of Liz Gilbert is the one she talks about, you know, are you a hummingbird or are you a hammer? So some people just specialize in one thing and they just sort of hammer that down and that's what they do really well. Everything looks like a, you know, a hammer to them. I'm more of a, a person that has lots of different specialty areas. But I would say the main thing I focus on is programs and projects and often turning the situations around when they've gone wrong. And that fits into so many different categories of work. It wasn't something that I spelled out and said, hey, this is what I do always. It was just something that came from my clients. Um, you know, They would have a situation and not realize they had a mess, and I would kind of help them clean up the mess. And then they would say, can you come and help us clean up another mess? And so I think that the key thing a lot of times that, that maybe independence might not always get is it can't be just about what you want to do. You have to really focus on the brand and consulting that your clients know. So you have to be asking them, okay, what is it that you like about what I do? And and I think a lot of times it's something you don't even realize you did that is so key for your clients. And in my case, it was a turnaround efforts that, that kept coming back to me. You're so accurately describing something that we see at MBO when we talk about what is the we call the high earner independent group. And within state of independence, there is a subset of individuals that show up each year in the report. They're sort of the 100K plus group that have chosen to go out and build a practice on their own. And what typically makes them successful is that they operate like a relationship builder and an owner not just, as you said, somebody who sits in a, in a narrow practice area. They really listen to their clients and they find um, solutions in the market. And I know that's something that you have often done. A topic that we have been talking about as a group inside MBO Advantage, and you were sort of a spearheader of this initiative of our nascent sort of consulting magazine launch, is the idea of talking to clients about resilience and what it means to really think about their business with that context as we start what is already a pretty challenging start to 2021. You have your own unique perspective on this, which you're going to be writing about for our magazine, kind of around the theme of, and we're back, Mm -hmm. and, you know, back exclamation mark, back question mark, you know, what are you thinking? Yeah, so the title just comes from, if you've ever been watching a live event, Maybe it's news, maybe it's a sport event. And inevitably, you know, technology is great, but something goes wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And suddenly the audio is gone, the, you know, the, the video is gone. And usually the host will come back with, and we're back. 
And when they say that, you know, they're trying to kind of say, you know, everything's back to normal, but at some level, they don't even know if the, the technical glitches that they've been facing are, are going to continue. And so it's really about this leadership, what I am loosely calling resurrection leadership, kind of a thing I came up with, but just what does it take to have a style of leadership that is super authentic about the challenges that we still face? We may not all the way be through even those challenges. And what does that take to kind of train for that almost and build that that skill set that you can bring people through a challenging time while at the same time reflect that kind of there's an impermanence here. You know, I'm not saying everything is great and you're fine and you're safe. It's a much more challenging kind of leadership style. So that's kind of what uh, I'm writing about right now. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's almost part coach. You know, what you're saying is speaking directly to that leader and, and in a way, giving them a context for how to think about managing through a time of uncertainty and change. But beyond that, it sounds like you've actually got some pretty practical, let's call them case studies or experiences of prior references for how to do this well, based on the decades of time that you've spent solving these kinds of problems for teams and leaders. You know, I, I guess there have been many of those situations for me. You know, there are just so many situations. Uh, you know, I've had some fairly chaotic client situations for various reasons. I've had some, you know, overdoing this 30 plus years, things that you felt could have been a disaster and you still had to navigate people through it. So I guess it's just maybe an accumulation of all of that. When I think about what this next um, period is going to be like, that's the kind of leadership that we're going to need. And, and it's, um, it's, it's not easy because it's, it's, you can't just sort of coddle people around everything is going to be just fine because we don't know that. But what you end up doing, I think, by building kind of this, this leadership style, I believe, is, is you bring people to a place where they know that they can go on. You know, they kind of get to the next level of um, maturity in how they respond to these situations. You kind of bring them to that level. I think that's that's uh, what I, I'm interested in, in, in covering in this article. And one of the things that I've seen that you've done very well, or I observe you do it um, in your interaction with others in our community, is you know seeking opportunities for others to be successful, and whether that is formal connecting the right person with the right opportunity given that you're a you know a connected individual or whether that's informal in providing a a tip or some counsel as as groups have gotten together you know and and brainstormed um, community development ideas and, and and marketing promotion ideas do you see that as something that you carve time for within your role? Because it's hard to do that, right? When you're a busy person. So what drives you to be that way? What what part of your work experiences or personality makes you want to kind of go out and solve problems for other independent consultants and not just for your clients? I like people. I mean, I, I, I have faith in humanity and I tend to be an inclusive sort of person, I think. You know, that's always been a part of me. i don't really think about it, but I do try and bring others in to the circle whenever I feel like somebody's outside of the circle. You know, here's here's what I can share. 
Um, it's it's not necessarily something I think about. It's just kind of natural. You know, I know that I've been through some really difficult times, and certainly when you are running a consulting firm, you know, on your own for 20 years, you're going to go through difficult times. So I don't want people to have to suffer the way I have at times. Beyond that, I just think it's a desire to work with others in a certain kind of way. And maybe part of being an independent, I think, is if you work for other large firms, you do miss sometimes that camaraderie. And so maybe in a way, I'm also trying to build that, you know, um, because you can feel sort of alone at times when you're independent. Absolutely. And I know I have personally enjoyed the caliber of connection and camaraderie that I've seen inside the program as it's growing and just the high, high quality of individuals that have become attracted to it and then have built, you know, relationships with each other around advice and counsel. One of the things that I think it's hard sometimes for a buyer, let's like look now away from the community and out to that world of people that would look to engage with practice owners like you. Sometimes it's hard for them to understand how does this look or feel different than if I picked, you know, Deloitte or if I picked PwC or I picked a boutique firm or I, you know, assembled a team in house. What do you think is the reason that a buyer should consider, you know, an experienced practice owner as their partner when they face a business challenge? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I've really seen a lot in my days working through, working with and in the big eight and big six, big four, you know, in my experiences as well, of course, a lot of my projects with my clients, I work with those firms as well. And I work really well with those, those folks. And, um, you know, certainly I understand their business model. It, it's a leverage model, primarily in those large firms, um, having been through that, having been a manager in Deloitte, for example. And the challenge with that is that you are really encouraged to bring in very junior individuals often into projects so that the leverage model works out financially. It's not to say that those people aren't brilliant, you know, young people, and, and they you know, can certainly bring a lot to projects. But a lot of times I found that the ideal mix of individuals would have been a project that probably wouldn't have made money if I was working that way, because it would have been a lot of senior managers and managers on the same project, and that would have not been something the client would have wanted to pay for. They would have wanted to pay for maybe one senior individual and then had some you know, other folks that were at a lower billing rate, um, that type of thing. And I find that that's not always the best solution for clients. You know, I feel like with an MBO, you can bring in folks who are very, very senior and we're at that partner, senior manager, manager level, and you could bring them in, you know, at a very attractive cost structure versus a, a Deloitte or a PwC or a McKinsey. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, but you still have, you know, people that have 20, 30, 40 years of experience, you know? So I, I feel like it's a, it's a better model in that sense. And it's interesting, we also see large consulting clients understanding that, you know, one of the biggest sectors for engaging successful ICs, in fact, is the professional services sector, recognizing that they can augment the power of what they turn around and offer clients by using fractionalized advice and counsel, 
from an experienced uh, manager or director or VP or even CEO is something that we see in real time. And we actually see that trend really continuing. So I have no doubt that when this consulting magazine comes out, we're going to see some really insightful and really unique perspectives, you know, from the folks on the team, you know, yourself, Beth, Rodney, and I think others, I think are going to wow our client base at MBO with the depth of their understanding and insight around this very difficult topic of what do we do now and how do we act resilient within our industries and as, and as a society and as a business in a time that continues to be really maybe a year of flux. So I want to thank you for taking the time to share a little bit about your background. I know we're going to have many more interesting conversations and looking forward to um, sharing your content with our community. You know, this magazine idea was just kind of a, a crazy idea I have, but I'm so glad that you took me up on it. That was Peter Walzer, management consultant and project turnaround specialist, founder of Blue Globe Group, Inc. Peter is a member of the MBO Advantage program, our exclusive membership program that helps successful independent practice owners scale their business success and build a powerful network. You can find more about Peter by viewing his profile on the MBO Advantage Meet the Members page. For more on the MBO Advantage program and for more of MBO's insights on the future of work, visit mbopartners.com or find another episode of State of Independence wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.